I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode is brought to you by MeBank, the bank built and supported by industry super funds. Ever wondered about getting a better deal on your home loan? Well, it might be time to get in touch with MeBank. Whatever your investment strategy you'll find a loan that's right for you with competitive rates and flexible home loan options. So stop wondering and start saving. Call MeBank on 131 563 or visit mebank.com.au. Terms and conditions apply. Now here's the show. But if you want substantial growth, where you're going to say, I'm going to cash out within the space of 12 months, 200 or 300,000, then you're going to have to engineer that growth. But you won't be able to engineer that growth if you don't already have a cash flow base. This is Property Investry, where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shump and in this episode, we'll continue our chat with commercial property speaker, Helen Tarrant. We'll discuss her strategy for creating a foundation of cash flow before building on your portfolio, where you can find great commercial property that yields over 8% and the strong mindset you need to balance growth or equity with cash flow. Initially, Tarrant made the choice to invest in property rather than shares due to tangibility. I guess the thing is I never really understood shares but I understood property and I guess the other thing is also coming from coming from an Asian background, owning property just seems like it's part of <laughs> your culture almost. It's like this driven need to have land <laughs> and, and as if, yeah, and so... Because I didn't understand enough about shares and be able to sit in front of a computer and sort of dissect everything, um, I, the property was tangible for me. And I like looking at property. I like viewing property. In fact, it's kind of an addictive thing. Every time I go to a new suburb, I look at all the commercial properties. Um, and uh, if we go on holidays, even now, I say to my husband, oh, can we just go down to the road and look at this? These ones are open. Like I've just set up with the agent. Just go and see this. Oh, go and see this. It was so crazy. Last year on Mother's Day, I was um, driving around with like my son in the back. And all he wanted to do was go to a toy shop. And we were at um, on the Sunshine Coast. And I was at a business park looking at property and I was saying to just wait let me see these two first and then we'll go to the toy shop setting out on this journey for property she had very limited resources to help her I have to say we're an original so I haven't been to a property boot camp um, haven't attended a property course so everything I've learned has been through books um, I've read about the concept of residential and all the principles about it and attended some of these introduction seminars um, but in terms of commercial where I try to find a lot of books on it um, they're all from the states 
uh, or they've been written like 10 years ago. So there's nothing like back a couple of years, when we first started five years ago to six years ago, there was nothing on the market. So everything was trial and error. We learned everything from scratch. So you guys are really the pioneers of commercial property in Australia. Well, we didn't invent commercial property, but um, these theories and principles became more apparent as you accumulate your portfolio. In terms of books on commercial property, Terence says it's difficult to find those that can be applied to Australian market. Look, I've read some books on uh, Dr. Dr. Roo, which is, I think he is, he writes for the Rich Dad's series. And um, he used to, he used to actually talk about commercial property uh, in, in his books and he had a, a whole range of books on it. But again, that was about 10 years ago when he's written about it. So not everything, um, sort of not everything is applicable today and also I find that when it's applicable to um, to the American, it's a little bit different. The best advice she has ever received is to stick to your guns throughout the whole process of investing, including when times get tough. Just in terms of property, I guess people have been told me that you have to actually buy and hold it but just to stick out the process of it. So it's not hold it forever but stick out the process that it's going to take to make that property a good property because not every commercial transaction is going to turn out to be brilliant from day one. But some of them will take some work, will take you to maybe put a new tenant in there, refurbish or tweak the lease. And it may seem like a really, really big headache for six months and you might think it never ends. But at the ultimately, when you work through that process, what comes out at the other end is a really, really great property that you're going to have for the next 10 or 20 years. And now, and a lot of people quit halfway through that process because not they might not be able to put a commercial deal together because it just becomes so, so complicated um, a few weeks into it. Tarrant has built a personal portfolio to over 20 properties using a strategy to maintain cash flow and engineer growth. So uh, one of the things that you, you can do with um, the cash flow, the excess cash flow you have on commercial. So all the commercial properties, you can get up to five years interest only, uh, depending on the type of property. Uh, so we would go with an interest only loan. Uh, it's because then we've got the cash flow to be able to pick you back to buy the next property. But then if you focus on on cash flow on your first property and you create a really good foundation so that you've got enough cash flow in, let's say, in your in your portfolio, what you can do is use that cash flow to support a property that isn't so cash flow strong but may have really great growth potential. Now, almost all growth potential in commercial property can be engineered uh, or are engineered. So you could buy a property in the middle of Sydney CBD and you'll grow up organically. But if and that will just grow each year, just like housing. But if you want substantial growth, where you're going to say, "I'm going to cash out within the space of 12 months, 200 or 300 thousand," then you're going to have to engineer that growth. But you won't be able to engineer that growth if you don't already have a cash flow base. So if you can use the cash flow base on the first one or two properties to help you buy a property that may be run down, that may be missing a few tenants, um, or need um, a, a coat of paint or need something to be extended at the back, well, that cash flow is going to help you with servicing that loan, but it's also going to help you to make sure the property portfolio is neutral and nothing comes out of your own pocket except for when you're doing these capital works. 
So it's almost like it's helping you servicing the loan on the next property as you engineer the growth. That makes sense. It's almost like you know, it is running a business at the end of the day. You've just got to plan for your capital expenditure and also collect your, your profits and also your rental income, which is basically your, your income that's coming in and balance it all out at the end of the day and then just look at yeah. from that business perspective. What, what I'm always curious about and, and I've, I've purchased a commercial property is that the, loan, the, the banks won't loan such a high ratio. Um, usually, residential in the past would be able to get anything between 95 and up to 100% loan on it. But for commercial, it's much lower. Is that still true in this, in this market? Yeah, so um, now if you go back with this current conditions, if you go back to what the banks are now, the banks are very, very cautious about lending 90%. They're scaling that back to 80% because – and they're changing um, lenders' mortgage insurance to be further up. Um, now, you won't um, – in commercial, you can get up to 80% LVR if, you're, if you are self-employed. So you can tap into a low doc loan. If you are uh, employed and you're PAYG employee, you can go as high as seventy five percent. So you so seventy five percent over here. But you can do a hundred percent finance if you have a property that has equity in it and you cannot actually tap into that equity because of your serviceability. So for example, if um, you bought a property and your this property itself was residential and is negative and you're you don't have the income to service um, being able to refinance and take out say three hundred thousand as a deposit what you can do is you can find a commercial property that is a high enough yield high enough return that will be able to service the pulling out of that equity as a deposit plus the commercial loan so essentially, you could bind the two together, one being in a residential loan and then the other one in a commercial loan, so separating the loans. But that meant that it's literally almost 100% finance for you Correct. out of that property. Yep, that makes sense. And the beauty of doing that is that you know, with a commercial product, because the yield's much high, it's able to service it very, very well without you hopefully having to put any more money into it. That's that's the the, the the analogy behind it, and that's the reason that um, uh, it has to be a certain type of property and criteria that would fit that. But um, you can definitely do that, and I've had quite a few students of mine who've done that uh, because in their own normal wages and everything, they just cannot tap into that service. They cannot service any more borrowing. For many of those investors who are concerned about finance, Tarrant has discovered a way to target properties that will produce a passive income as a foundation for her portfolio. You will start off the first property that you buy is you look at what's in your portfolio that's missing. So, for example, if you've got a residential in your portfolio, you might be missing the cash flow component. You might have a lot of growth in one property, uh, but that property might be negative. And what you need to do the first strategy is actually get your property back to neutral. You cannot do anything else or make it um, or move forward on your portfolio with a bank until that property portfolio becomes neutral. Um, that's the first thing. Um, and then you move to the cash flow stage where there's access cash flow from your property. So if, for example, you were starting out and you had no investments, then the first property you still should be focusing on is cash flow because if you if your property is going to give you $20,000 extra a year in passive income after the mortgage interest-only mortgage is repaid and you're earning $80,000 a year, essentially your income is hundred grand a year. Your borrowing capacity is it's more now. And but what essentially is that that twenty thousand dollars can support a property 
that is not producing any income. So what you can do is you can say save up. You say let's say you could save up um, and um, the next property with that cash flow. You might save two or three years and say, okay, well, instead of buying my first property was quite big and now I'm getting the passive income, I'm going to save up a couple of years with my own savings and this cash flow from here. I essentially have two incomes saving. In a couple of years' time, I'm actually able to buy again. Then she looks for a second property that needs a bit of work. So I might be getting it um, with a with one. Say it might be two tenants in this property, but I might only get it when it's only has one tenant in it. So one side is vacant, but with the one tenant, it might still be giving me a return of four or five percent, which covers my interest repayments. So the property is essentially neutral, but I've got the twenty grand that's coming off from my first property to be able to support this property. So I'm not actually negative out of my own portfolio. So out of my eighty grand that I'm earning. I'm not taking anything out of there. What I'm, my twenty thousand dollars is supporting the mortgage repayments along with the with the five or four percent that my current property, my second property, is yielding. And then all I need to do is use that money, um, that excess cash, to start doing some minor refurbishments on the property that's vacant. So the one side is vacant. And normally with commercial, we don't do any structural works to start with. We start with very simple things like recarpet, paint. Um, and lighting, and at most we put in an air conditioning. Those are not expensive things. We're not putting kitchens in there. We're not doing bathrooms. So they're not expensive things. Then we get a tenant in there. The aim is we get a tenant in there, and then all of a sudden now we have two properties that are high yielding. My property, the second property that's gone from a 4 to 5% return is now doing 8%. So what will happen with that is now I've got – now access income. But the property that I bought that was originally 4 or 5% yielding, because it was partially vacant, I would have bought it cheaper than it was fully tenanted. Just the same analogy you apply in residential, you would apply to commercial, is that any property that's run down or needs refurbished, you're going to be buying it cheaper. Yes. So you obviously bought that cheaper, which means now you put a tenant in it, the cash flow position has changed. You can take that back to the bank and get the bank to revalue you kind of manufacture or you have manufactured equity in your portfolio yes. and therefore yep. hopefully with that increased value you can draw that equity again to go back and buy more property. That's right. So what we do in our portfolio is we constantly balance growth um, or equity engineering and cash flow. Coming up after the break, we'll delve into the benefits that come with investing in commercial property. But ultimately, what you will have is a property that's got two tenants. The, the tenant, the leases are staggered, so no one time you're going to have a full vacancy. So you will always have your mortgage covered. Where to go to find the best commercial properties? Because end of the day, um, a, a commercial property is a business deal, and um, an agent is there to facilitate that. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Chum, and you're listening to Property Invest Story. Looking at buying property? Unsure which suburb to choose? Let me share with you an amazing tool. It's called Location Score and it's the simplest way to decide where to buy profitable property all over Australia. Created by property experts Ben Kingsley, Bryce Holloway and Jeremy Shepard. You can check it out at propertyinvestory.com forward slash location score. Also, when you buy through my affiliate link, I'll give you one month access to the Property Investory Club. 
where you can learn from the experts and be part of a private property investing community valued at $99. Visit propertyinvestory.com forward slash location score to claim your special offer. Similar to a strategy that you might use for residential property, Tarrant takes advantage of the high yields that commercial property provides. She also admits that it's easier to manufacture growth with commercial investments. Yeah, and also the, the terms of the tenant because once you put a tenant in there, they might be there for three years or five years or longer. And so you're doing the work once and it's like going through that process. You know, the process might be hard for six months might be really hard for nine months but ultimately what you will have is a property that's got two tenants the the tenant the leases are staggered so no one time you're going to have a full vacancy so you will always have your mortgage covered um, and that your tenants are each paying their proportion of the outgoing so there's no money out of your own pockets. But one of the drawbacks she has faced in experience is not being 100% sure what the agent is telling her is true or not especially with properties she purchased from interstate. Looking at properties, one of the things that I guess the biggest challenge is that you can never quite know if um, the the agent is telling you the right the, the, the correct thing. So you really have to take the onus about due diligence on your own, because especially it, the challenges have been doing deals remotely. So I'm in Sydney. If I want to do a deal in North Queensland, I have no idea about where this property is located. An agent can tell me it's in the it's in the middle of an artillery road. It's really really great. It's got so many cars passing by, but I've never seen it. I can use Google Maps. It could tell me where I am, but it's not going to be able to give me the same detail as sort of going there and seeing it. So that's been one of the challenges to then really do more extensive due diligence so you can go out there and make sure that what you're really getting uh, is the real deal. The drive behind Tarrant to build her portfolio comes from what she describes as an addiction to commercial property. We're addicted to buying property. We're addicted to commercial property. You don't really need that much, but we're just addicted. And also for me, I feel like I can only teach the strategies I've done. And I want to always want to do new strategies and try new areas. And um, if I go in there and I can make it work, then everyone else can make it work. So that's been one of the reasons we've grown it. Um, but the other reason behind it is that, you know, it is, it is, but once you get good at it, it's like a developer will always go and develop because they become good at it and it's something that you just know what to do. So, for example, I guess our latest, uh, a recent purchase last year, one of the recent purchases last year was we bought a property in Musselbrook, which is a bit of a mining town in, in, um, in, regional New South Wales and so it wouldn't be something that I would advise uh, a student to go into as the first property but because we've got a portfolio we could sustain something that's in a mining town because it's high risk but what we get out of that is that we get an 11% yielding property so the property is massive massive amounts of cash flow if you're getting your lending from the bank at four and a half, five percent, it's massive, massive amounts of cash flow. But what we've coupled to this is we've coupled, but then we took to the bank at the same time a property that was fully vacant. So the property was producing no income. So there was one property that's in Curry Curry that's not inducing any income, which is 20Ks out of um, Newcastle. But because that property is in an area that's growing, we wanted to buy a vacant property because it was cheaper to buy vacant than it is a tenanted property, but the property itself also needed some refurbishments. But 
in terms of getting the loan and being able to be self-supporting, the massive cash flow from the first property that's yielding 11% is supporting the property that's vacant. So we can take these two properties to the bank and the bank can give us and approve the loan based on the cash flow of these two properties or the one property supporting the other. And she never ceases to get a thrill out of the beauty of investing in commercial. And also then um, with that property, so this settled in August last year um, for both properties. So the property that settled in August last year, um, we've done refurbishments to it. We've got a tenant in there. We've got an ATM in there. Um, then the storm came through, took off the roof, oh, no. uh, took off the roof. But thank God we had insurance, thank right? Because it was $85,000 of work. And, um, you know, for $250, we managed to get that covered. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it's holding up a process to retain it. But the benefit of it is we actually don't have to then pay for refurbishment at the back of the building because the roof took off. And as a result of it, they have to refurbish the back of the building. So that we're getting a new kitchen and we're getting uh, all of that area new done. So um, when we bought that particular property, it was a – three tenant property so it had two shop fronts and a residential at the back and and then we've put there's an atm and then we've put a tenant in there um already and so we've got one of the um commercial residencies that was well, about to be tenanted but before then the storm came through so the work had to be halted until all the work is done um but the great thing is at the back we didn't need to refurbish the residential because as due to the storm and the roof coming off the back of it will be refurbished um and then we're going to aim to convert the back into a commercial prop premise because one of the great things about it about converting a residential to commercial is that instead of getting $200 gross where you have to pay your proportion of the outgoings we could charge maybe 250 or $300 net and have the tenant pay for the outgoing. So where can you find such great commercial properties like those in Tarrant's portfolio? Well, you can go to websites like Real Commercial or Commercial View. So Real Commercial is run by realestate.com. Commercial View is run by Domain. Uh, so they're two large um, commercial property uh, websites. The other thing is uh, building relationship with agents because a lot of deals don't hit realestate.com and don't hit commercial view because agents are hitting their own databases with these properties or they're calling people who they know can do deals. Yeah, yeah. Very similar then to residential. And so, it does obviously happen in commercial as well too to be able to get, get those um, deals out to the, the buyers already. Yeah, absolutely. Because end of the day, um, a, a commercial property is a business deal. And um, an agent is there to facilitate that. So he wants to give it to the best person that has the best amount of um, ability to buy. A personal habit that Taryn attributes to her success in commercial property is to always give a project a solid attempt. I basically, I think a, a habit of mine has just been don't overthink about things and just give things a go. Like I never really... Um, I wake up in the morning and I just think, you know, if this deal can be worked, we just got to give it a go and never be afraid to ask. I mean, there's certain, uh, there is an analogy you never ask a silly question. I mean, of course, there's always silly questions you can ask. But in terms of um, it, it's some, some things that you can do in commercial property, you can't do in residential. 
uh, terms of negotiations and dropping the price. Um, and if you don't ask, you don't get. And sometimes I just go, well, even if this is, seems so ridiculous, let's just give it a go. You just never know. The worst thing that could happen is you get a rejection. Or yeah, and that rejection can also be um, as simple as, as a no and you just move forward. That's the thing. It's At least you know. If you don't, I guess, uh, turn the stone, you won't know what's underneath. So it's the same principle. <laughs> Can't leave every stone unturned. Yeah, and just um, take the emotion out of it. Take the emotion out of it. Look at the figures and look if that figures is acceptable to you. So if she were to meet herself from 10 years ago, what would she say? I probably would have said to her, don't stop trying. Just keep going. In the next five years, Taryn is excited about getting her hands into new, larger scale projects and continuing to educate others on the strategy she has effectively used to create her wealth. I think what I'm really excited about is actually creating more awareness in the market of commercial property investment, leading the market in commercial property education and actually helping others buy more commercial property. So actually seeing my strategies duplicated in the market. In terms of a personal thing, um, we've sort of done the whole range of commercial property. What we would probably look at doing next is look at buying a shopping center. Um, so going to the next level up when you're buying a shopping center where there's so many other pieces to be put together. To learn more from Tarrant yourself, you can check out some of her seminars within various states around Australia. I uh, speak uh, for Freedom 360. Now, Freedom 360 runs seminars on commercial property. So, I'm the commercial property speaker. So, if they, if any student want to find me, they can Google uh, Helen Tarrant, T-A-R-R-A-N-T, Freedom 360, and there will be a link on the page regarding my next upcoming events. I usually would do one introduction event, where it's a two-hour event about commercial property and the principles of commercial property um, once a month. Uh, in different states being Victoria, uh, New South Wales and Brisbane, oh, Queensland, I mean. Through Freedom, they can access um, webinars as well. Um, once in a while, I do put on webinars. Um, I am I do have a preference for live events, but they can definitely access um, the webinars. It's just uh, live events. I For me, I'm a big believer that I need to know the market, but I need to know the questions that my student wants to ask. Yes. And yes. I can get to speak to them and see them and and see what they're worried about and that really um i find that at live events i get a lot of feedback which is important you can also connect with her via social media uh the best way to contact me is through freedom 360 the other option is to actually find me on facebook so if you just look up helen tarrant um i also have a facebook page called commercial property journey which i post from time to time on uh, uh, articles on uh, commercial property Thank you to Helen Tarrant, our guest on this episode of Property Investory. If you want to hear more about her journey, then visit our website at propertyinvestory.com. Simply type in the search bar Helen Tarrant and select that episode to learn more about her story. Also, are you looking at buying property in 2018? Would you like expert tips and advice on the best ways you can purchase property? Whether you're a new or experienced investor, learn from the experts by downloading the Property Investment Buying Handbook. It contains the best tips and advice from 37 of Australia's leading property experts. Simply visit propertyinveststory.com and subscribe to get your copy right now. Thanks for listening. Imagine. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.